You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Khan Bayazit. Ladies and gentlemen, Black Eagles fans and rival fans coming to feed on our salty tears. I'm Kam Bayezid bringing you the Black Eagles podcast and I'm joined once again by Kartal Ur. Kartal, thank you for joining me on the show. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to be on the show again, sadly. We don't have a lot of happy things to talk about today. We don't, but we're on the forefront or, or the, the morning of the Slovan Bratislava match so let's keep our fingers crossed that we have a little bit more positive vibes next week when we come back to you with next week's episode um, we do apologize for the delay uh, for this episode it took a while school's back in, in full throttle so Kartal's going back to un- to college university uh, everyone's going back to college university um, Sinan is really busy with some projects I've been really busy so it's sometimes it's it's just a little bit uh, tough to, to to get stuff organized, but uh, we're here recording on the morning of Thursday, the nineteenth, I think it is. Yeah, the nineteenth of September. So yeah, tonight we're playing Slovan Bratislava at twenty one hundred Central European time. But let's speak a little bit about the nightmare that was Gazice here last week. Besiktas have completely missed their start. Four points after four games. Besiktas lose in Gaziantep 3-2. And uh, it all really started with that red card early on in the sixth minute for Domagoj Vida after a throw-in for Gazice here. I believe it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, Vida misses his control. Then uh, I think it was Coyote uh, who picks up the ball, steals the ball, uh, goes through on goal. And, and Vida, yeah, just trips him from behind. Penalty, red card, sent off. Um, yeah, that, that decided the game, really. There's not really much else to say. It's the worst start you can imagine to a match. Within the first 10 minutes, you're... A goal down you're a man down and you're on the back foot ba- on the back foot basically the entire game cut off yeah I just to this day I mean I've rewatched it I've watched it again I've watched it again I still can't understand why we thought it was a, the right decision to bring the man down there because uh, I, I just watched it the highlights over again now I mean Caris has got him closed down I, and, yeah. and that guy and that guy's finishing was atrocious yeah, plus Kairos has been great this season. Uh, he's yeah. been—I mean, he's been flawless pretty much. And uh, maybe he scores, but if he scores, it's not the it's end of the go. world. It's the sixth minutes. You're—you know—we've got plenty of time to get a, a goal back. And, and okay, maybe it makes things a little bit more difficult. But the decision Vida made—that's yeah. just making it almost impossible, insurmountable. Yeah. Because I mean, I think a lot of people are kind of. Uh, misleaded by Gazi Shahir's debut on match day one. I think they lost 5-0 or 5-1 to, to Fenerbahce. You know, they got three penalties against in like 20 minutes. I think people are a little bit misleaded by that fact, but 
They've done decently afterwards. I think they they haven't lost since, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, not, I think they've had a draw in two wins actually. Yeah, so they're, they're doing and, better than us, anyway. Yeah, and if you look at their squad, they really. I mean, I've been saying this on the football Turk podcast before the season already started that Gazi Shahir are a potential sleeper team. I think I even tipped them for top ten finish this season just because they have a very interesting squad full of. Um, Familiar and, and less familiar players, but there's some there's some really good players in there. Um, not saying that that's an excuse. We should always be at least getting a point here, uh, and we should really be winning here given the position we're in. But obviously, you know, it wasn't going to be easy to begin with. But then that red card just makes everything even more difficult. But let's quickly go over the lineup because kind of skipped that. So in goal was Loris Karius at the back, Jana Erkin and Gokan Gundel at the as fullbacks, Domagoj Vida for about six minutes, and Victor Ruiz were the central defenders. In midfield, Mohamed El Nini made his debut. Dorokan Tokus and Adam Lajic completed the three-man midfield. Then. Uh, Kev, George Kevin Nkudu made his first start on the wing, and so did Abdoulaye Diaby make his first start on the wing, which I was disappointed with, honestly. Uh, Guven Yalcin then started as a striker, and the reason I was disappointed with Diaby starting is just simply, you know what, just start Tyler Boyd and start Diaby. I don't know why Boyd is being sacrificed, it seems like he's being the first one I get cut from the team but it's really been for me i mean i keep hammering this home and i don't like it when people scapegoat players but and i don't want to scapegoat i'm not scapegoating given i just think he's not good enough he's the he's obviously the weakest link whenever we play whenever he starts yeah he scored a goal against uh, gustepe but what else did he do in that match honestly you know he was just at the right point it was a tap in exactly and and apart from that he's been he's been very Ineffective. Uh, I, I really yeah, think he weighs down the team. He's been useless. There's, there's no, there's no way Sugarcoat it. He's been horrific. I think so far this season. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not, yeah, and I'm not saying Tyler Boyd's been 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 great or anything. I mean, he's been pretty ineffective too. But I think, yeah, but I think a winger. You can't fully judge the wingers until they have actually someone in the box that they can combine with that they can try and find and the same thing can be said for Nkudu I think you know the early things that we've seen from Nkudu is he beats his man easily he goes down the wing really easily but the end product so far has been non-existent um, I think he had a good opportunity here late on to make it 3-3 um, and then he also missed like a sitter against the Rizespor to make it 2-1 so I mean you know, uh, there's a lot to improve there, but let's continue with the scoreline. So after six minutes, red card Domagoj Vida, penalty for Gazi Shahir. Tumasi steps up, converts from the spot, and then really it's it's like an hour into the game until we get the second goal. 59th minute, Guray Vural scores on a counter, makes it 2-0. Then in the 70th minute... Chipsa makes it 3 uh Sorry, the 79th minute, Chipsa makes it 3-0. That's right after we go down to nine men after Mohamed El Nini gets sent off for basically kicking Coyote after he got elbowed in the face. So basically on the, on, on the touchline, uh, they were dueling for the ball. Coyote takes a swing with his elbow at his face. There is contact and uh, El Nini loses it and, and just kicks him. And uh, initially, the referee just gives Ineni a yellow card, doesn't give Coyote anything. Then VAR calls, calls him in. He goes and checks, checks the footage. 
Um, and uh, at the time, the, the crowd, the Gaza Shear, the home crowd, were cheering because they were like, oh, he's going to get sent off. But I'm like, I don't think it's going to happen the way... You, I don't think it's going to go down the way you think, guys, because I just saw the replay. I saw the elbow. So in my mind, I was, of course, you know, thinking, oh, this is great. He's going to get sent off and he's going to uphold the yellow card. As naive as I was, of course, he's not going to. It's a red card. Both are red cards. Uh, referee yeah. sends both of the players off. Really nothing to be said there. El Nini... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a human reaction when someone basically assaults you in the face, but it's a dumb move. He should have just gone down or he should have maybe given him a push or something. If you push the guy and you're like, hey, what what are you doing? You know, you push him away or something. I think that's forgivable. That's a yellow card, but just kicking, that's always going to be red. You know that. That's, that's yeah. a dumb move. Um, so we're down to nine men. Gazashir down to ten men in the 75th minute. Then they make a 3 nil. And you think, oh, you know, sh this is just going to be another Siva score. But then a couple of minutes later, uh, in the 83rd minute, Janner plays through a really nice pass into the box. Adam Leic lays it off. And Umut Nair, who had just come on to replace Guven Yalcin uh, a couple of minutes earlier, he came on in, let's see, uh, in, I believe, the. Oh, he came on in the. 83rd minute, so he was literally just on the pitch for a couple of seconds. Immediately gets on the score sheet. Um, and already more effective <laughs> than Guven was all game. And yeah. then uh, At Atiba Hutchinson, who actually returned from injury, who had come on... Um, let's see, he came on the 66th minute to replace Dorokan. He scores just a minute later off of Adam Leic corner. Uh, makes it 3-2, so there's, within 9 minutes at a time, there were still 15 minutes in the game, and there were some heated moments, I think. There was one really good opportunity for Nkudu, where he, I think he did really well to cut himself free, but then his shot wasn't so good. Um, but at the end of the day, we didn't do enough to, to, to earn that equalizer, um, and yeah, it's, it's a pain, another painful loss for us. And leaves us with just four points out of four games, which is a dreadful start. Especially given, if you look at our schedule, who we played. We've played two home games already. Uh, we've played Gustepe, who are playing some of the worst football in the league right now. Reza are doing having a good start to the season, but it's a home game. You should always be winning that. Sivas away. Okay, it's tricky, but that was avoidable. And now this again, again, another avoidable loss. And now we have a stretch of three really difficult games coming up. First up is Bashakshir at home. Then we travel away to Trabzonspor. And um, the third one, I think we may play Yenimalatia or something. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I am wrong, actually. I'm pretty sure I'm wrong on that. But uh, let me just quickly see. So... Not counting the European games, we are playing Alanya Spor, of course. Yeah, the league leaders with 12 out of 12 points. So it's a tough, uh, tough schedule for us coming up. And mainly because the morale of the team is, is undoubtedly low right now. We'll miss Fida next week against Bashakshi here. I think he will only get one match suspension because it was a last man type of thing. It's not a... a a reckless challenge it wasn't a dangerous challenge usually those are you just penalized by one match but El Nini I I think will be I think we won't be seeing him until October he'll be yeah. suspended for yeah. at least three games I think yeah just just thankfully Atiba's back otherwise I would have been yeah. horrendous I would have been a disaster 
Yeah, hopefully uh, El Nini plays the European matches so he does get yeah. to mesh with the with the team and he gets in form and we don't waste uh, those valuable minutes. Uh, you know, let Atiba just get into the flow a little bit and and he looked good, uh, Cartel. I think you said uh, in the group chat oh, yeah. that he looked like he hadn't missed a beat. Yeah, he did. I thought he looked. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about highlights and the lights uh, later on, but for me, Atiba was. I mean, I feel like we really missed that guy. See just how calm he is in the ball, and you feel like everyone feels more confident when Atiba's on the pitch. Yeah, he's just, he gives that that I don't know. Just the way he, he comes, he gets the ball. He can play it anyway. He can spread to the left or right. It's just I thought the team looked a lot better after he came on. I mean, yeah. I actually looked like we're trying to play football. Because before that, it was just well, played very recklessly. But Atiba kind of softened that out. I thought. Yeah, and we should also point out Olsan wasn't here. He was injured. Of course, Burakino isn't back yet. He's still injured. And Lenz wasn't taken to this uh, away trip either. Uh, so our midfield was Adam Leijs, Dorukan, El Neni, as I said, but really effect in effect, El Neni went to went to play centre back as soon yeah. as Vida got sent off. So we never really got to see El Neni in midfield properly. I mean, up until that throw and then that that red card. It was all us, and obviously it's yeah, just yeah. five minutes, but we were just pressing them away. I, I felt confident going into the match. It all looked good, looked promising, and obviously that all got cut short with that red card, but I don't think we can judge whether El Neni can fill that void, that Atiba void, so to speak. I think he can play that same role. I think he can have that similar effect, but we just never really got to see it because he basically played um, as a defender for, for 70 minutes. And yeah. uh, then he got sent off. So we never really got to see what El Nini is going to be adding to the team. And then, of course, you know, Atiba coming in to replace Dorokan. He immediately was posted in midfield. So we, we got to see that, but we didn't get to see El Nini there. So it's 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 very unfortunate. I was looking forward to that. I think El Nini would have had a good impact. And it's, yeah. it's a shame. Uh, we're yeah. pointing out that uh, Domagoj Vida did apologize on Instagram for his mistake and took responsibility. I mean, I don't blame Vida. I, obviously, you, you do blame him for making a dumb mistake, but there's like some of our fans are like, you know, it's it's always doom and gloom with those guys. It's it's one moment Vida when you know when he scores against Riza, he's like, oh, Capitan Adam, oh, you're a man, the man, you know, the the, the big dog, whatever you want to call it. And then next time, moment he's like, oh my god, and they're like calling him all the the swear words you can find in a urban dictionary. Um, it's it's you know, black or I, white. I think really. Vida's like he's he's very passionate, and I think sometimes that. That passion gets in the way of his thought process, and I think that's a, that's a, just what happened there. He's like, because he, he, he didn't want to lose the goal, so he just thought yeah, it was I think it was. I think it really was the fact that it kind of originated from his mistake because I think in the replay you can see him go up, try and control. Oh yeah, yeah, he the ball. The ball. yeah, yeah and, he the ball. and then you have like this, this, this panic of a fraction of a second, like oh sh, yeah. and then I think it's just it's it's rather. More than it is, uh, well, what's he what's he thinking? I think the problem is that he's not thinking at that particular time, and he's just it's just a reaction, it's a reflex, it's a panic move. Um, yeah. yeah, lack of composure for a fraction of a second there. I play Bayern again, but yeah, just like the Bayern game. 
Yeah, it's it's just it's a very unfortunate thing. But these t- types of things happen in football. Uh, no, whether you make uh, fifty thousand euros a year or you make three hundred thousand or three million, like Vida does, at the end of the day, they're still just human beings and people, and they're gonna make mistakes. And and this is a big mistake. But you know, I think I think this is more acceptable than him. I don't know, taking a stupid red card a la Quaresma, you know, because people were comparing this to Quaresma, but you, I don't understand how you can compare this to a guy losing the ball, a trick didn't work, so he decides to kick his opponent out of frustration. This wasn't yeah. a kick out of frustration. This wasn't the guy losing it. This was just a guy, you know, who, yeah, had a brain fart and didn't he didn't have he had he didn't have any malevolent intent or anything like that. He didn't have any. Ten, intent of injuring or hurting the, the opponent. He just wanted to stop the play, and it was a dumb decision. But that impacted the match completely, and it leaves us with, like I said, I've said it three times, four points after four games. It's a terrible start to the season, yeah. and the worst part is really, I don't think you can blame the the, the coach on anything yeah. of this. He's been dealt a hard hand with all the injuries we had going into the season. He never really had a full squad. He still hasn't had a full squad available to him. And it's really unfortunate because having such a poor start to the season is going to impact, without a doubt, the morale of the team. And uh, it it just jeopardizes us going forward because I've seen lots of positive things in the previous matches. I've said it before. And uh, yeah, it's just halting our progression. This is just another major setback in our progression going forward. And and yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, yeah, the season started a month too early and we should have played a lot more friendlies. And I mean, I've been saying it since the start. I think we started our our preseason camp way too late. I don't really understand why. I think Fenerbahce started like two weeks earlier. I don't understand why we're starting that late. Obviously, you know, you have lots of new players coming in and they came in late and that's one thing, but I don't know. I, I think he could have had more time still. And yeah, I mean, Burak being out injured is a, is a massive blow for us, but in hindsight, really, it's, it's kind of a BS that he didn't just have surgery straight after the international matches and he waited until his vacation yeah. was over. That's really... Uh, it's really hurt us, unfortunately. Yeah, but I think because actually Burak actually came back from that surgery and played one friendly and got yeah. injured in that friendly. Yeah, yeah. I think did. maybe I think maybe they rushed him back after that. Yeah, but why would you yeah, rush him back for a friendly? He must have been ready, right? I mean, he should have he should have just had the surgery uh, three weeks earlier, and maybe uh, he would have been ready for the training camp. Yeah, from what from what I heard, those that they didn't actually know they had something. Uh, up with him until yeah, uh, yeah but i'm sure he had pain already and just didn't want to have it checked out or something it, it just feels a little hmm, i don't know it feels a little weird but anyway i, I don't want to blame him but obviously we miss him a lot uh, uh yeah. we just miss a proper striker up front and that's why I, like i said i was disappointed diaby started on the wing i think he had a couple of good moments on there he had a really slow start to the match like he had to get into it a little bit because uh, even at Sporting when he was playing on the wings there he was playing left wing most of the time I think he's left footed uh, so now he was playing on the right wing here so that's again a change from what he's even gotten used to at Sporting yeah and thing about Diaby when they take out the consideration here is that the guy was he was on a drip like two days before the game I think he was ill during the week mm-hmm. and yeah. he was on a drip so 
Maybe it still wasn't hundred percent. Yeah, he had like a like, I, like a fever or something, so he definitely wasn't hundred yeah. percent. But I think after like the first, I don't know, twenty or so, twenty-five minutes, he had that really good action on the wing, where he uh, basically. Yeah, he nutmegged one of the defenders and then put in a good cross for for Janer. Um, and then he had a, he had another good moment or two on on the wing where he beat his man really well and and then put in a, well the cross was not, maybe not that great but he had some good actions on the wings and some promising stuff. He he's, yeah. he's obviously quick. He can beat his man. So I get why people put him on the wing, but really I want to see him as a striker, especially as long as Burak isn't fit. Uh, I just want to see that guy start up top, not on the wings, and yeah. give, give Tyler Boyd confidence, give him, give him the opportunity, and, and maybe give him the opportunity to play with another striker rather than Guven. For me, the chapter Guven as as a starter should be over now. It, it, it's yeah, really. I don't, yeah. I would just have to. I think. Yeah. Well, you're sitting earlier on that you wouldn't keep, you wouldn't put that on the Apple but. I think he did make one big mistake in this game, and that was starting giving you know, up top. Yeah. I, to me personally, I would have went for almost nine. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think yeah. we said that a couple of weeks ago already that we would have been starting after like this. I don't know the the, the the second game or something, or even the friendlies. We were already saying, hey, Umut should start. You know, after in, against Panathinaikos, he had a really good in the friendly against Panathinaikos. He had a good performance too. And so I just think yeah, and he, he just showed more, you know, in those friendlies and all. And I get that they want to... I get Guven Yalcin is a project for the future and that they have high hopes for him and everything and that they don't want to destroy his confidence. But at the end of the day, sorry, but the, the team prevails, especially in difficult times like this. You know, last season, Exun Yamal got criticized heavily for never playing Ferdi Kadeolo at Fenerbahce, for example. Um, but I do understand the, the reasoning to an extent of look, things aren't going really well right now. So we, and then to throw in a young player that could completely destroy their confidence and stuff like yeah. that. I think the problem is that with Guven's decent breakout season last season, I guess you could say, um, he's just come into this as the second striker, expecting to start, and that's a weird position to put a player in that really isn't ready. I'm not saying yeah. Umut Nair is ready, but... Uh, Umut Nair is 26. He oh, should nice. be ready. He's at the prime of his career. Uh, Guven still gets scope for improvement. And I think in the way we play, we play with one striker up top. I don't think that's true, say Guven Yarsen, because he doesn't have the strength or the, the, to kind of hold up that ball. I, I feel as if, see if you're going to play one one up front, I think. Mm -hmm. You need someone who can at least uh, be useful in the hiccup play and can hold up the ball. I think Umut Nair offers that. And I don't so yeah. far, we've not seen that from Guven Yeltsin. He's he's terrible in the passing game. He, he yeah. can't hold the ball up at all. He just, all he does, he just tries to talk and beat his man. And even so far this season, we saw glimpses of it last year where he was able to beat his man. But so far this year, we've not we've not even seen that ability to even take on a man. But he's just been a wet noodle up there. Yeah, I think the worst part is just his passing game because I mean, we speak when we speak about uh, strikers, you know, like let's say Mario Gomez for example, he wasn't a great passer or anything, but he could do simple stuff, link up with other players. That wasn't an issue. And Guven's passing is horrendous. He constantly misplaces the ball. 
Um, and he's just never really available for link up play with other players. Like you can, you could see in the second half of last season when we got Burak that that, that really brought the best out of Light because finally yeah. he had someone up there he could link up with. He could try and set up a one-two or something, and then he could combine with other players as well. But yeah, and then that's another thing. Adam Lajic, um, four games, one goal, three assists. So obviously been involved in four out of our six goals this season. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, we scored six. But he's been terrible too, we have to yeah, say. Yeah, as, as much as I, I love the guy so much, man, but he's he's not been good. Mm -hmm. but I don't know if he can place the blame entirely on him when you get someone as useless as Guven sitting up top is not liking up at all, I think. I think the Just thing wait. that makes Lige bad uh, is that he's trying? I, I have the feeling he's just trying to force stuff constantly because of that void up top. He's trying to dribble and take on four guys and get a shot off because he doesn't, because Guven doesn't give him an option. That's yeah. one of the instances. Also, I mean, he has his poor passing, giving the ball away, stuff like that too. But in most of the games a recurring team for me is that like, he just seems to want to dribble five guys constantly and try to get a shot off and try to score a goal to to give the team some breathing space because that's our main issue so far has been scoring those goals and yeah. i think light is trying to take responsibility but in doing so he is just taking way too much on his fork and uh yeah i, I just think that if there's somebody yeah. there to share that responsibility with him it'll bring the best out of him again i mean look we're talking about a guy who's been quote unquote shit but he's been involved in four goals in four games so yeah i mean it's all relative yeah because uh, it he, 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 there's two different types of player i feel adam the edge is a player that makes his teammates play mm -hmm. so i wouldn't say for for, to, for him to do well is it's not going to always be about him you know what i mean like last year his partnership with burak once burak came in we saw a big improvement in the edge Mm -hmm. like, and you get a player like Taliska who can turn a game on its head just by taking a long shot or a header. Yeah, it's an individual. Yeah, Taliska's yeah. a he's a, he's more of an individual player, but the ice makes the team play. But see, when you don't have those pieces around him to make that work, he's not going to look very good either. Yeah, it's very true. The thing with 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 Taliska is you can put him in a terrible team and he can still perform. Lige, yeah. if you put him in a poor team, he's not going to perform as well, but he's going to make you play better football if you can fit the puzzle pieces around him. Like, like for example, Jose Sosa was the same in that way. The, you know, the difference is that Sosa was uh, was a different type of player, but I think you can compare Lige and Sosa more rather than Lige and, and, and uh, Talishka, even though Lige has a higher productivity than Sosa ever had for us. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, so, I mean, I... I I think it's it's correct to criticize Leitch's form right now, but I also think you have to put an asterisk next to it and you have to look at why is he struggling right now. It's not just the fact that he missed basically the entire training camp. Now he's had four games under his belt, so that should not be an excuse anymore. But I think it's just, you know, the fact that he does lack a striker up top to combine with. And I, I know Diaby isn't a tall guy, and I know, you know, ideally in a one-striker system, you want someone that can win headers and, and all that. But Diaby, uh, despite being small, is good in the air. Um, but I think you just want to try him up top there. See if he, you know, his feet are obviously going to be better than than, than Guven. So I, I'm really super curious for tonight, man. I want to, I'm really, I'm, I'm excited on one, eye, on one end 
to watch the Slovan Bratislava match. I always want to say Slovan Liberec, but I always want. I'm so curious for that match. I'm really hoping for Abdul Avci to make some changes to just start Nkudu, Diaby Boyd, or start Nkudu, Umut, Diaby, or Boyd, whatever. I just don't want to see Guven anymore. Uh, yeah. I hope El Neni starts. And maybe, you know, start both El Neni and, and Atiba, give Dorokan some rest. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm i just really excited about that. But on the other end of the spectrum, I think it's also very important tonight. We have to win that match because if we don't yeah. beat Bratislava, we are probably not going to qualify from this group, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, I just hope we don't have another embarrassment in the Europa League like we did last season because that, that, was, that was tough to watch, man. I was... In all, in all my years, of, I mean, I've, I've watched this team almost my full life, man, and that was one of the hardest things to watch. Has been so bad in the Europa League last year. We were terrible, yeah. But I mean, you have to put it into perspective too. I think if we don't qualify from this group, it depends on how we play. But I mean, obviously, yeah. Wolverhampton—that's a team with with a massive budget compared to us, compared to even Braga. Um, yeah. And I mean, ending below them on paper is logical obviously it all yeah. depends on how important they feel the Europa League is for them how much focus they're going to put on the Europa League if they're going to play their B team and not take the Europa League series and then you end under them okay that's not a good thing but if you if they take it serious and you end under them that's fine I think Braga it's going to be you know that's going to be our big challenge I think yeah if Wolverhampton take it seriously I think Braga is going to be our challenge and then the question is who's further ahead right now and I think definitely Braga is a more stable club because they don't have the same pressure we do you know they, they're basically they are used to ending fourth in the Portuguese league they don't have this pressure of winning the league every season so they can quietly build a team um, sell their best players from time to time but just you know keep a decent squad together they have good players so we have to get this win against Bratislava. Three points are immensely important there. Uh, it'll be without spectators. No fans for Bratislava. No fans for uh, for us either, which I, I kind of think is BS. I, I don't think yeah. because one because the home crowd is suspended, I don't think that means the away crowd should be. Uh, I, hate, um, I hate those games. See the games without the fans? It just, it, you know it feels like it's missing something. It just oh, yeah. It's, I... I <laughs> That's another thing, you know. I'm I'm excited to see the lineup. I'm ex I'm hoping to see some fun stuff, some new stuff, some you know, to turn around this season already, kind of reboot it, so to speak. Um, but then on the other hand, I am kind of dreading watching the game because it's starting late, nine o'clock, uh, so it'll be done by eleven or something. Plus, yeah. you're basically watching um, like a training game. It feels like because there's no home crowd, so yeah. It's never fun to watch those types of games. I feel like when you can hear the players yell and then echo what they're yelling, and, and, ah, it just feels, it just feels so uh, so annoying. Yeah. So uh, you know, we already transitioned from the Gazici here into Gazici here match into uh, tonight's Slovan Bratislava match. Anything uh, you want to add on either game? Yeah, I'm just, as you said, I feel as like if today's a must-win game. I feel like. Uh, if we want to progress from this group, I think we need to beat Bratislava home and away. And then ho hopefully get some points from the, the home games against uh, Wolves and uh, Braga. And I think the, the games will get scoped to drop points are uh, the away games, especially against Wolves and Braga as well. And 
maybe worst case scenario we draw Wolves at home. Uh, if, we, if, we, if we do that, I feel as if we'll, uh, we'll get this group all right. But it's going to be tough. I mean, last year we last year when the the draw happened, well, I know you, I know you 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 knew how good Gang were going to be, can but for the rest of us, we were like, oh, this is going to be easy. And then it was a like, I thought how bad we were really bad, and then I was a, I was a big shock for all of us. So, yeah, but we, I think it was a combination of them being really good and we being absolutely poor. That was the worst Besiktas I've seen uh, in, in many, 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 many years. That was a worse Besiktas than, than this Besiktas because I think the Besiktas from last season was just like a, a burned out candle. And, and this Besiktas is uh, a new candle yeah. that's like there's wind disturbing it and, and blowing it out constantly, but it's it's a new fresh candle that's going to be able to you know uh burn brightly as soon as we manage to get it out of the wind i think we've just been had some very unfortunate setbacks right now and that wasn't the case last season i I didn't feel like last season we had setbacks we were just shit last season and and i don't have that feeling right now i'm seeing positive things it's just the puzzle pieces need to fall together still, and we just need to get off on, on, on a winning streak and get some confidence under our belt. And I think we'll be fine if we get there. So, I mean, I, I haven't... I don't have the feeling right now that I had last season where I'm, oh, you know, this, yeah. this story is at an end, this book is over, but they keep on writing final chapters that, that absolutely have no interest to anyone. Uh, and this is a new book, a new exciting book that has maybe a little bit of a, of a slow start, you know? Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you fully there. I mean, going back to the guys' shared game, I, I feel as if this isn't a game where you can judge Abdul Abdi. I mean, yeah. uh, a lot of Besiktas fans, I think he's a characteristic in Turks anyway, because my, my, my dad's ter- terrible for this. <laughs> After a few bad results, he's, he's writing off Abdi, he's writing off the full team. I just feel as if, like, there's not much you can do when your set back sent off six minutes in and gives away a penalty and you're one, one goal down. Yeah. Yeah, I feel up until the guys who shared the game, every game I was seeing improvements. Despite his one three against Gustav and then Jordan against Riza, I felt it was if we played our best game against Riza as well. Yeah, first 45 minutes were. Yeah. I, I love the first 45 minutes against Riza Sports, the best football I've seen us play in yeah. a while. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it is true. Plus, I mean, sometimes you can go down a man and still win a game. Even if they get a penalty and score, it can happen. It's super rare. Uh, it happens plenty that you go down a man and still win a game as long as they don't, you know, get a penalty and score or whatever. Yeah. You know, but with this scenario that we had to then still win an away game against a team that, I mean, look at their team. They are a perfect counter side with lots of quick guys up top. Yeah. And that's also how they scored. Let's not forget they they didn't score because they were basically t- you know choking us out and, and and just having their way with us. No, they scored on the break because we were pushing for an equalizer because we was I, there were still spells in this match where we were dominating with with ten p- players and even with nine players, you know. So I mean, obviously. In those types of games, you're gonna leave a lot of space. They have the man advantage. You're trying to push for a goal, and you're trying to retain possession and, and pressure them. And obviously, that's going to leave gaps at the back. And you're gonna be able to, you know, there's gonna be dangerous counters. And they have players with pace. 
uh, that make good runs and they're gonna make things difficult for us that's that's bound to happen so in a game like this the, the most ideal scenario would have been that we uh, obviously equalized before they scored the second goal um, but yeah it's, it's it's kind of a shame at the end of the day I mean you can't really say that Gazashir didn't deserve to win despite the fact that Tunkudu had a good opportunity to make a 3-3 I feel they deserved it. I feel even a yeah. half they could, have, they could have been three, four up at half time without yeah. a chance to give them. Second they, half they hit the we, bar like two or three times yeah, in the yeah. first half. Second half we were all better. The first half, I thought I, I thought I should shock it going down to ten men and uh, mm -hmm. and going a go down. We, we didn't recover from that until half time. I feel. Yeah, up until that, that I think up until the moment where Diaby had that good action on the right and and, and almost. Uh, put uh, Janner in a scoring position. I think up until that point, we were just, yeah, shocked. And but up yeah. until that point, but after that, we grew into the game a little bit more. But then, you know, even in the second half, you know, we were trying to push for that goal, but then they hit us on the break. And but we didn't quit even after the two nil. We kept going, and and then the three nil. You, the three nil I thought was gonna be a knockout blow, but then we scored really quickly after that, like a couple minutes after that. So that gave us hope, and then obviously we scored again like a couple seconds later, on, like 60 seconds later on the corner. So that kind of turned the, the match on its head. Where Gazici here now, they were just trying to hold on, trying to. They weren't interested in countering anymore. They were just looking to survive. Um, which is understandable. So, you know, we still got some pressure in, but at the end of the day, uh, couldn't do enough to get that equalizer. But imagine if we would have gotten that equalizer, it would have felt like a win. Um, yeah, definitely. I think that still the fact that we did get those two goals and that we still did create a chance at the end and almost maybe still got a point, I still think that it's not going to have the same deflating impact on the team as a 3 0 loss would have. I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we've got Bashakshir coming up next. Obviously, they've had a poor start to their season too. Uh, I, I think they're on five points, so they have one point more than we do, I believe. Yeah. Um, but they they had a poor start to the season as well. Just hoping Burakil is uh, ready to go for Monday. Mm, yeah, I don't think he hoping. will be. Uh, I think we'll have to wait and le at least until Trabzonspor. And I'm I'm kind of thinking maybe Alanya at home. Uh, he had to the team for the last week, though, so that's uh, a positive. Yeah, but we don't want to rush him back either, do we? I mean, we don't. Yeah. I think it's better to still miss him for two more games and then have him for the rest of the season than now rush him back a little bit, have him hurt himself again, and then yeah. you know, be out it's of cool. it, you know, lose him again for two, two months or whatever uh, it's been. So, I mean, it's been two months, so yeah. If he's ready to go, man. Definitely, we, we have to we have to use him if he is if he is ready to go. Definitely use him because I mean he's for me he's our most important player. Yeah, him yeah. and Leitch uh, in offense yeah. are definitely the most important players. Plus, yeah. it, we need we need him just to see what the other guys can offer. What can Tyler Boyd do when Burak is around? What can Nkudu do when Burak is around? What can Diaby do when Burak is around? It's important for the entire team to get together because right now. It's not the most, the smartest thing in the world, but we're kind of building around. We've built around him the last six months of uh, in, of the previous season, and obviously now we haven't been able to. But he is still a very important component of that team that we need for it to to properly function right now because we don't have the luxury of of uh, being able to bring in a new guy in the summer for a lot of money. Uh, yeah. 
So, yeah. Anything to add on the European fixture tonight? Expectations, hopes, dreams? Expectations. I'm hoping for a, a 3 1 win tonight. There you go. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. Uh, quickly, maybe your high and low, high and low lights of uh, of the match, if you want to give them. All right, so I think it's quite easy. I don't think I should be there. My my low light for that brain fart I had in the sixth minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for highlight, it's, it's going to for me. It's a Tiber Hutchinson. You can see he came back. He'd been injured all summer. He comes back first game back. He. I don't know. It, it just seemed we felt like a different team for me when he came when he came on. Mm-hmm. And at age 36, he's still he's still one of our most important players, and I think that's just a testament to how great a professional he is and how uh, how disciplined he is. Mm-hmm. So, but that's why most most other players would have been would have fallen off. But I feel like he's not missed a beat. Yeah, as long as he. I mean, this is the same thing last season. You know, he missed a bunch of games in the beginning of the season due to injury. Uh, then he came back and he was he wasn't he didn't he didn't feel like he hadn't missed a beat initially I think the first half of the season when he came back he was still kind of getting into it I think that that injury he had kind of took a little bit out of him but then in the second half of the season he was great he was the old Atiba uh, I think he had a great second half of the season and he was I mean we all we all say look Bugak Leic were so important for our success in the second half of the season last year but I think Altiba's return was also a very important yeah. point there. Very crucial goals as well in away games. Mm. There's a period of time Altiba kept scoring. He scored <laughs> two or three very important goals in away games. And he did it again this season. Yeah, he uh, did it. It's a shame he didn't get us anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my low lights. Uh, El Neni. Losing El Neni. Uh, because I was... I think he's going to be an important player going forward. And for us to now miss him for three or four league games that's a big blow I think because he was someone we could have built the team around um, and uh, this is really uh, a massive setback in, in, in the progression of the team highlights for me it's going to be a little bit of a weird one Adam Leic um, not because he played a good game but because of the fact that despite playing poorly he still got two assists and I, it just gives me hope that he's gonna have a good season once he gets out of this rut. Once he gets, once Burak is back, I think Adam Leitch is gonna, gonna be in for a great season. I think we're gonna be getting, uh, you know, twenty goals assists again from him this season. I think he got nine goals, fourteen assists last season. So uh, yeah, he was in, in in the twenties. I think he's gonna be in the twenties again this season with his goal assist uh, talent yeah. t- total. Hopefully, we'll need it. Uh, definitely. <laughs> anyway, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just feel like uh, Adam Niyach and Burak Yilmaz is it's like Batman and Robin. I feel like Burak's Batman, uh, Niyach is Robin. Just even even after Burak, I don't know if he paid that much attention, but after any post game interviews all last year, Adam Niyach would would always talk about Burak how, how important he, how important it is to have such a great striker like him. So it just feels like they they just complement each other so well and it's. I feel like uh, the IH has missed him. Uh, yeah, I feel of like course. You can just keep, you can keep the two of them on the pitch together. Mm-hmm. I, I still think we're going to have a good year. Yeah, Maybe I not think... Maybe not win the league, but... I mean, yeah. Second or third, I think it's, it's going to happen. I don't like... I'm, I'm not liking what I'm saying from Gareth Asadai. Van Arbachet. I think maybe they, they could be the champs this year. Crabs on score. I mean, the, it looked as if it was going to be a great season for them, but they've had quite a few injury woes. Yeah. I've been carrying for the first half of the season. Uh, 
Ekuban's picked up an injury for six weeks as well, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Trabzonspor uh, definitely they looking like a good side this season, but they have had tremendous setbacks with those injuries. Uh, even even Nilsson Fernandez is injured now too for a couple of weeks, so they're there. Then they have uh, Yusuf Sari who's out for I think six or so plus weeks, uh, and like you said, Abdul Kadir. I mean, he's out for five to six months with a meniscus injury, but that's five to six months out. But is he going to be fit this season? Maybe towards the end of the season. But I wouldn't, if I were Trabzonspor, I wouldn't put my hopes on on him being uh, an important part in this season anymore. Honestly, if you get an injury like that, it can take you out for a while. Especially meniscus is, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's annoying. It's an annoying injury. But um, yeah, I mean. Bishakshir aren't really impressive so far, but that's going to be important next week at Vodafone Park this weekend, actually on Monday. So that's not weekend anymore, but that's going to be a very important game for us. If we can win that one, then maybe we're, we're off to a good start, but we just need a, a kickstart win right now. Um, and hopefully we can get it tonight against Bratislava and then continue that momentum against Bishakshir, get a win there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it wouldn't be unlikely for us to, to draw against Bashakshir to lose, God forbid. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, a draw against Bashakshir kind of looks like that's going to be a logical score, maybe. Uh, I don't know, man. It's I want to say we're going to have a good season, but it. I think we have all the right components to have a good season right now. It's just that we're, yeah, having those injuries and and the setbacks here, like 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 against Gazishi here here, that was just, it's, it's such an uncalculated setback, really. Because I think we would have won that match honestly if it wasn't for that red card. I really do think so. Even with Guven up top, <laughs> I think we would have as well. I think that's a completely different game if we keep ten players on the, uh, eleven players on the park. Mm -hmm. It'd have been a completely different game. Uh, I mean, just. Even going off the first six minutes, it was, it was all us. So, yeah, I, I, it's, it's a real shame, really. But hopefully, every day we kind of get ourselves back in track. So I went tonight, and then I, I went on uh, Monday evening as well. Hmm. Hopefully, knock on wood. Um, yeah, that's gonna do it for for this episode. I think it's gonna be a little bit shorter. Um, but uh, yeah, want to get this out quickly. Maybe you can still listen to it before the Bratislava match. Otherwise, of course, all the Bratislava talk we did is a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. hopefully, fingers crossed. Let's get a win. Um, Kartal, thank you very much for joining me. And uh, that was a pleasure. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>
Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.